0: spreading cajun across the nation pushing the brand across the land welcome to Raging review made by the fans for the fans Cajun Nation, welcome to Rage Review. Matt Miguez here, man about town across from me. There is so much to discuss today. We're glad that you decided to take some time to join us. Rage Review, as always, is brought to you by Priority Access Urgent Care, 2912 Johnson Street in Lafayette in the Winwood Shopping Center, opening August 19th of 2020.
1: We're also brought to you by Russo Exploration, who encourages everyone out there, all of the Region Review listeners, to support the RCAF, the Region Cajun Athletic Foundation. Uh, we've got uh, some news to kind of discuss with everybody, but before we do that, I've got a couple of things I'd like to say. Uh, first of all, for all you golf fans out there, congratulations to Colin the Killer Morikawa. What an awesome back morning that was yesterday. What a, what, a, what a stud. Oh my God, that was so fun. Uh, And then dropping the Wanamaker top, that was excellent. How you not love that guy? Uh, But also want to say a huge congratulations uh, to our friend, our nine-year-old friend out there, extended member of the Raging Cajun family out in Houston, uh, Annabelle Grace Bartell. Uh, Like I said, she was nine years old, and she was uh, diagnosed with osteosarcoma uh, in December of 2019. She underwent uh, 18 rounds, I believe, of chemo. And several months of, of fight and battle, and uh, as of last week, she is cancer-free, so she rang the bell, and uh, all of us are very excited for the Bartell family, so I just wanted to mention that, AG, uh, we were rooting for you, we knew you'd make it out and, and, and take care of your, your business and, and win that battle, So, so congratulations to them, and without further ado, let's mourn what's undoubtedly going to be the end of college football in 2020.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, one of the one of the privileges of of having a podcast like this is having some insider information. And um we're we're hearing from from multiple inside sources that the Sun Belt will announce at some point this week to move to spring football. Um which is definitely not news that anybody wanted to hear this week with, you know, the the preemptive season being what three weeks away, yeah, something like 26 days, right? Something um, like that. So, you know, absolutely, absolutely devastating news. Uh, reading here, according to Ross Dellinger, college football sources are telling Sports Illustrated that the Big Ten, Big Ten is moving towards a decision to cancel the 2020 fall season while engaging other Power Five conferences on a uniform decision to be announced later this week. And obviously, if you follow college football, you know that the Power Five dictates what everybody does. Right. So if, if the Power 5 falls, the G5 is going
1: to fall also. Well, you, it's not completely broadsided uh, for us because as of, I think it was Friday of last week, we started hearing rumors behind the scenes that the conference was going to push back the start date to October 15th. And the reason why that was important is because we were supposed to travel to Boone on the 7th. So obviously that would have been difficult to... Change travel plans and cancel this and that, but again, the rumor was push it back to eight uh, October the fifteenth eight game conference schedule, one out of conference game, and with that spring football possibly, so we knew that things were afoot even last week, and uh whether it's right or wrong or whether you agree with the decision or you think it's absurd it's not really we're not really here to talk about the the accuracy of the decision it's more or less how is this going to impact us it it's going to impact everyone in different ways but talking about boone boone relies on tourism and football it's the that's the economic machine over there they're going to get smoked you know we're going to get smoked we're going to get smoked you know it's not funny it's more like laugh to keep from crying but Right.
0: Yeah, uh definitely, you know, heartbreaking news, you know, for
1: for sure. Uh And look, we're not a sunbelt official uh we're not breaking any news here. Yeah, our, our word is not gold. We are just telling you guys what we're hearing behind the scenes and and if you look across social media and you look across uh official outlets if you want to call them that. You can already see, see the dominoes starting to fall. I read I read an article from I think it was WDSU out of New Orleans and
0: it said report from like one of their sources the headline was in the next 72 hours college football is going to come to a complete stop.
1: Yeah, people don't write that without having some knowledge of what's coming. I mean, this is they're not just shooting from the hip and putting out these articles. It's it's in motion. You saw it with the Matt canceling their season. You know, we—what we, was that on Friday? Yeah. You know, that's. so 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 Josh, aka Man About Town, let me ask you: Is
0: the college football season
1: dead? I think it's dead for twenty twenty. Uh, if the, if if we see football at all, it's going to be spring twenty twenty one. I think. Obviously, it's just my opinion. You see the players coming out on social media now. You know, it would have been nice if. We had some sort of a unified front six weeks ago. Uh, It would have been nice if the NCAA did a better job of uniting all these conferences and having these meetings prior to three weeks before the start of the season. Now, I understand you want to wait. Obviously, you want to see how things play out. I think they wanted to learn from the NBA. They wanted to learn from Major League Baseball. Of course, all of that plays into it, right? Well, yeah. No,
0: I mean... To- totally agree, but here's here's the problem. In 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 my opinion, you know, we're we're talking about the the players' union and everything, and you know the the big hashtag going around Twitter is we want to play, right? And you know there there's some big names using this and joining this front. There's a bunch of coaches and athletic directors that have joined in this morning, but here's the problem: the NCAA couldn't give a damn. It's true. About what these kids think. That's right. They don't care. Because here's the thing. If they would care, they wouldn't be asking coaches or athletic directors. They would also be including players in these votes. These players would have representatives or representation in these votes. Official representation. But you you, you notice how these these meetings in these boardrooms
1: are presidents and ADs. Right. That's all they care. Right. It's true. And to kind of, you know, highlight that point is... There have been people speaking out on individual basis, but you didn't see any traction until a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who's got a bit of star power, named recognition. When he starts coming out saying, you know, we're organizing with this group and we're talking to these guys and here, let's start a hashtag movement. That's when people start talking about it. That's when it becomes a national conversation.
0: Speaking, speaking of Trevor, I'm going to go ahead and read the Twitter thread that he posted yesterday because he made some excellent points. I quote Trevor Lawrence's Twitter account. People are at just as much, if not more, risk if we don't play. Players will all be sent home to their own communities where social distancing is highly unlikely and medical care and expenses will be placed on the families if they were to contract COVID-19. Not to mention the players coming from situations that are not good for them or their future and having to go back to that. Football is a, fa- is a safe haven for so many people in our program and around the country. We are more likely to get the virus in everyday life than playing football. Having a season also insensitizes players being safe and taking all of the right precautions to try and avoid contracting COVID because the season-slash-teammate safety is on the line. Without the season, as we've seen already, people will not social distance or wear a mask and take the proper precautions. And he makes some excellent points. These Most of these kids are safer on in, campus, in in Trevor's, in Trevor's instance, at Clemson University, right? Then they are in their hometowns, right?
1: Well, the unfortunate truth is that a lot of these guys that are on scholarship don't come from great environments. Football's all they got. Football is what they have. Football is why they're here to play. You send these guys. Look, first of all, think about the mental health, and I'm not talking about you know they're not capable. I'm saying mentally, you. You prepare a certain way. Playing major college football is not just wake up uh, and go out and play. You prep. You prep your body. You prep the way you eat, the way you train, the way that you schedule your classes, the way that you structure your day. Your, your body is on a time clock. I mean, we're not even talking about those things uh, because it's not important to us because we go about our lives. But these guys, it's a full-time job to be an FBS football player. These things are all going to change for them. You send them home after they've been, you know. Now that football is close, we've been under the the, the fall preparation um, schedule. So what? Just stop it right now well, and well, send them back to their homes. And you know, you're talking about it being a full-time job.
0: Look at it this way: from from our perspective, we we played in the Lending Tree Bowl. What January
1: tenth? That's right. January 6th, I think it was. It's early January, but so, it's a good point. With this and, about and, and,
0: and voluntary workouts probably started, what, first week in February?
1: I think w- that's w- right. Would you get three weeks off? Right. Out of the year? Right. Well, that's going to lead into the next point about, you know, if we're going to have football, you asked if it was dead. In 2020, it is dead, I think. Uh, and we'll talk more about that as we go. But just say we try to organize for spring, a spring season. Are they going to expect these guys to come back? Prep their bodies, get the teams ready, the coaching staffs, and all all these things that go into starting a season. You're going to expect all these guys to do this: play a spring ball, have some sort of a playoff, a bowl. I mean, and then what? Turn around and do it? Do it all again? Another a month later? Right. Well, we know personal stories where football players at the end of the season need months to recover. Their bodies are just not the same. It, it takes a huge toll on your body as a player. Yeah, their, their
0: first month of voluntary workouts is really rehab, visiting the trainer. Absolutely.
1: And you see some of these small injuries, they turn into long lingering injuries right. because they just don't have the time to recover and recoup. So we're going to expect these guys to play a spring a spring season, have some sort of a playoff postseason then turn around, and do it all over again. Two seasons in one calendar year. I don't see how that's feasible at all. I don't see how that's going to work. And them. by the way, if you care about player safety, right, right, that's we, a bunch and, of guys. And it's seen, bullshit. And you're going to tell me that you care about player safety, which is why we're canceling the season anyway, right? That's right. part of it. But we're going to expect them to play a, a season? No. I, I'm in a, the I'm spring fall. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm going to tell you why they're moving the season. Right. No, I mean, we know why. Because they're hemorrhaging. From the bank account, for sure. It's a money thing, man. They don't it give, always is they like I said. They don't give a damn about these players. They, you know what they view these players as? An avenue, Product. an avenue for benjamins.
1: Product. That's what it is. They're 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 yes, they're commodities. That's what they are for. Them. It's, they are. It's unfortunate. Are easily replaceable commodities. It's it's unfortunate. First of all, I think it's short sighted. Absolutely. By the by, the NCAA as a whole. And number, number two, the, my second point about that would be, it's time for a an official player representation union in the NCAA. So like a College Football Players Association? And I know that they have one that's, I don't know how official you call it. I mean, I mean they, it. They,
0: they really don't.
1: If they're not in the meetings, it's not good yeah, enough. It's, no, it's not it's good not. enough. Somebody needs to be advocating for these guys' health, their mental health, their physical health, their purpose at these universities – who are profiting huge sums of money on the backs of some of these guys. Right.
0: Huge. And and you see, here's the thing. I'll, I'll go back to the point of playing two seasons in one calendar year. As unfeasible as I believe that is, I agree with you. However, what's more unfeasible? Two seasons in one calendar year or completely skipping a season?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a tough I mean, question. Fi- financially,
0: how many universities can really afford to not have a football season at all? I
1: try, I try not to be hyperbolic too much on the pod, but I, I'm. I, there's no scenario that I see skipping the fall season, dealing with all the fallout that's going to come from two seasons in a calendar year, and not saying. This is going to change collegiate athletics, number one, going forward for the foreseeable future, and number two, it's going to destroy some college towns Absolutely, that rely solely on College Station. I want you to take A&M out of College Station and tell me what you have. That's a ghost town. You have Bryan, Texas, which is a little suburb right outside. Right. I want you to take Kansas State out of Manhattan, Kansas, and tell me what you have. Nothing. You have nothing. I want you to take App State. A G five Bo- school out of Boone, North Carolina. A G five school, right? Nothing. Who, like I said, we've been talking to some of our friends out there. They're they're already dying economically. Hell, from look, tourism and football being taken away from. What
0: it, what it, I mean, I know what I'm about to mention is a is a JUCO, but take look at Last Chance U. Take East Mississippi Community College out of Scuba, Mississippi. What you got?
1: You got nothing. Go to Nacogdoches, they, Texas. They, they already don't have anything. Go to Nacogdoches, Texas. You see, stay, Steve, Stephen F. Austin is absolutely. not a huge school, but it's an economic engine for those people.
0: Take Sam Houston out of Huntsville.
1: You know, you
0: could go I down mean, the we, list. We, we
1: could talk about this for hours. You could go down the list. Take Northwestern State out of Nacogdoches. That's absolutely They true. don't have much. Right. What's the population over there? 12, 13,000? Right. And 10 they're, of it is, not, is Northwestern. They're not going to have much. And these are small schools, you know? Yeah, no. A&M, A&M, A&M. What's A and M's athletic budget? Oh, Six hundred million dollars. Jesus, you want me to look that up? No, seriously. You, look at you, talk, I'll look that up. It's. I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be. So, what are they? What do they generate from a revenue standpoint in Q three and four? I guarantee you, it's. It's not small potatoes. So again, I don't see where you're able to alter all these things by making decisions unilaterally to stop the season or quote-unquote, postpone the season, I still don't even know how you can expect to successfully execute a spring 2021 and a fall 2021. Or are we talking about now football's just in spring? But, but anyway, how does that not absolutely destroy these towns? I, I don't see a scenario where it doesn't. And I also don't see a scenario where collegiate athletics stays the same after this.
0: So this is an article from 24-7 Sports. Texas A&M continues to be among the haves when it comes when it comes to money. As the Aggies ranked second nationally last year in total revenues, with two hundred and twelve million seven hundred forty-eight thousand and two dollars, and it was the third straight year that the Aggies had gone over the two hundred million dollar mark.
1: That was the revenue they generated in a single season.
0: In addition, A&M also had total expenses of one hundred sixty-nine million twelve thousand four oh hundred fifty-six dollars, which netted the Aggies a profit of over $43 million.
1: But Matt, the most important thing you said there was $169 million. In expenses. Absolutely. If you don't generate the revenue, you can't pay the bills. You can't pay them. Yeah, because the, the
0: topic of that article was that Texas A- A&M's AD, Ross Bork, cut their athletic budget by $16 million last month uh-huh. to save money for because of the COVID pandemic. Yeah. But the problem is, like you said... If they're not res- if they're not generating one hundred and sixty nine million dollars,
1: you can't keep the lights on at College Station. That's that's for, for the the town, right? We're just talking about A and M as a program. Who's gonna go eat at the restaurants? Who's gonna stay in the hotels? Nobody. Who's gonna stop? Because at the gas there's stations? not gonna be anybody there. I'm telling you, man that 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 is scary. I mean, I mean, let let's look right here in our backyard. Let's look at
0: Lafayette. Okay, you know we have other avenues outside of. The university, but I would love to look at the numbers of what the university brings in.
1: Well, UL is still a revenue the, standpoint for the city of Lafayette, UL is now the number one employer for the for Lafayette proper. Right. So we were, you know, traditionally we're an oil and gas town, but we've diversified over the last twenty years. Not right now. We're not. Well, not right now. But that's that's the thing. But so we've been okay, and and we've had the opportunity to go to tech route and go the uh, medical route, and and those are burgeoning. Uh, industries in our in our area, right. which is great, when, and they're absolutely helping out the city economy. It's, they still don't touch UL well when it comes to the, employs, the employment uh, opportunities. And if you have,
0: and if you have no football season, right? Oh, dude, yeah. I know. I mean, look look at look at programs like ULM, who scraped a million dollars in profit.
1: Yeah, maybe. Like that's well, I think what it was is that they were able to raise. Uh, a 1.2 million dollars, uh, privately, I think is what it was. But they finished in the don't, red. don't we raise like
0: 10 million privately?
1: I think right now we're at 12. 12
0: million, yeah, okay, so 10 times as much. Come on, man, it's, it's, they're, they're dead. Their program is down the drain if there's no season. I just don't see a scenario Which, where it's when, not. And, and I, I, I hate to say this, I'm so sorry, ULM, I wouldn't feel bad about it, no,
1: but. Well, we can get into there's too many four year universities in this state. 100% agree. But that's a, that's probably that a whole for, another. Topic. I've said that
0: for a long time.
1: But getting back to the players, like even a ULM player, okay? Uh, what's his name? Vietar just tweeted out how proud this morning, how proud he was of the players for following the procedures and doing everything they can to go ahead and be successful and, and uh, get on the field, you know, do everything they could to keep everybody from contracting a virus and everything. So guys like that, that are going back to these small, even smaller towns that have, I mean, let's, guys, it's an uncomfortable situation to talk about from time to time. But a lot of our players, and this is across the board, this is not just at UL, it's everywhere. They come from places where medical um, awareness is not all that high on the priority list. So when we say we care about player safety, that has got to be taken into account. It's not just we don't want them to play because there's uncertainty. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of uncertainty. There's plenty of liability for these universities, which I think is really at the heart of what's going on. Is uh, they're worried about being sued, maybe. You know? Yeah, it's, it's a liability standpoint. Look, maybe maybe the answer is maybe a Trevor Lawrence can say, "Hey, we'll sign a waiver. Give us the opportunity to sign a waiver. I bet you that would work. Get the liability off their hands. And if they're serious <laughs> about it, they'll at least consider it. Yeah."
0: Yeah, so well you know and you know, the liability waiver thing that brings up a an excellent point to to what I'm I'm opposed to question to what you just mentioned. So if a liability waiver can be generated and signed, what do you think the chances are that there's a season
1: in a month? Uh almost none. They don't care about the players. You said it. If they cared about the players, we'd be having a much larger conversation about player what player safety actually looks like. You know, it's easy to look at all these Twitter posts and say, oh, well, you know, maybe they are maybe they do have the kids at top of mind. That no. is not what it is. No, not at all. You know it, I know it.
0: But let's let's look at this. You know, the this this whole thing kind of started um it, it really gained some traction, you know, Monday morning when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 announced, well, the the Big Ten especially, in a 12-2 to vote among their athletic directors and university presidents to either postpone or cancel the season. The only two schools in the Big Ten that voted to play were Iowa and Nebraska.
1: Which... By the way, you ever been to Lincoln, Nebraska? No. Ain't much going on outside of Nebraska. Corn, I'm, Husker, football. I believe it. They're probably Husking Corn. <laughs>
0: But here's the, the, the the thing is is and you know somebody posed an interesting point to me about this. You know if the Big Ten doesn't play, I, I've heard and there and there have been rumors about Ohio State, Michigan, even Nebraska, you know, calling the Big Twelve, wanting to join. Because really, right now, what you've got is you've got the Pac-12 and the Big Ten saying no, and then really you've got the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 saying, well, that's not what we want to do. Right. We want to play. And so you're talking about teams like Ohio State and Michigan calling the Big 12 to play football with them for the 2020 season.
1: Lost puppies looking for a teat. But here's the problem. That's what they are. Here's the problem.
0: What if those guys never go back to the Big 10? What if the Big 10 dies?
1: I wouldn't be sad about it. I hate the Big 10.
0: But, like, the the, the mega conference conversation. Sure. What does that do to the G five? What does that do
1: to us? Uh, upheaval and realignment like we've never seen before.
0: Could and, so, and somebody posed an interesting question to me. You know, you have the Division two National Championship, you have the Division three National Championship. Could there be a G five National Title Game?
1: I mean, in theory, yeah, but that would be terrible. Yeah, they will have successfully pushed the G five schools out, and they will. Which is what they've always wanted. That's what they want. But what you're monopolizing the sport at that point. You know, I understand that people want to watch Notre Dame against, uh, you know, whoever, Clemson, LSU against Michigan. People want to see that, right? OK, there's still plenty of other appetite out there for college football. To, in my opinion, if you want to if you want to take the, the sport and kick it into overdrive, you, you include the G5s, not exclude them. Absolutely, there's still money to be made in Lafayette, Louisiana. There's still money to be made in all these other small. T- look at Boone, man. Look at look at Arkansas State. Jonesboro is a good college town. I mean, these are good college. Memphis, Statesboro, Statesboro. There's plenty out there. Right. There's Absolutely. plenty of appetite. Why, why shorten uh, your opportunities to spread your? So this was a problem in the Northeast for a long time. College football wasn't popular because there really wasn't any interest. Because you know that wasn't like Syracuse football wasn't very good before McNabb. Right. You know Syracuse was well uh, Temple was also not very good and smaller. Nobody really cared about college football was more regional to the yeah, south for sure. But now it's starting to gain traction. Why? Because their scheduling. They were they uh, the uh, the Notre Dame game that they play in, the, in Yankee Stadium. Right. That has brought some awareness up to the Northeast. ESPN went all in in college football about what twenty five years ago. Yeah. And now there's an appetite up in the Northeast. Why would you want to contract that? No, for sure. It's a huge market, don't get me wrong. But the South is still football crazy. Why, why would you want to, to do something like that? Okay, a G5 National Championship. I would not be interested in that in the least. I don't want to be the best of the rest. Right. I want to compete nationally. And I think if you ask any UL fan what is the most excited they get, it's the opportunity to go on the road, play out of conference, and have a chance to win. How do, we, how do we stack up against the best? Look at our baseball program. You're not putting 5,000 people in T in Tegamore Field when we're going out and beating, you know, McNeese. Right. No, no offense to McNeese, I got a good program. No, it, it's when
0: LSU shows want, up. That's right. And
1: we want Bama. We want LSU. Right. We want to see how we stack up. That's how you build a fan base that's going to carry you into the next, you know, I don't know, level as long as, of. As long as we continue to grow as a program, those are the fans that you need. Those yeah. are the ones that'll stick and be loyal. Absolutely. It's not just the oh, well, I support my team because I like my team.
0: Well, look, let's 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 move on. Let's uh, let, let's poke some fun and have a have a laugh. <laughs> how, how 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 funny is it that Monroe is not getting their precious game against Louisiana Tech now?
1: You know, oh my God. So, uh, let let's talk about this McClellan for a little while. McClellan is such a cuck, right? Oof, he, oof. He is the kind of guy that knew that there was some. Back room chatting about pausing or canceling the season. I bet. I bet. He's having a cigar right now.
0: Do, do you know what Tommy McClellan should have said from the beginning? What oh,
1: yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's what Tommy should have done. He did it on pur- you. There's something in me that just knows he did that on purpose. Of course he did. He threw him oh, a bone. Of course he did. And then he yanked it away. And, you know,
0: I've got a a buddy that writes for Louisiana Tech. I've mentioned him on here before, Tanner Spearman. Yeah. You know, we we talked about it. I was like, dude, why why do you guys not want to play us? And he said, look, I'm not sitting in the athletic department. I don't know.
1: Oh, yeah, he said logistically it made no sense. I
0: don't know what they're saying. He said, but from my point of view, he said, why would you guys come up to Ruston with – you know, twenty-five percent capacity, fifty percent, whatever, uh. and then you would expect a return trip. Obviously, but when they return, we would have the opportunity at a hundred percent capacity. He made a good point. He did make a good point. Th- that is chicken shit, though. It is. It, I'm not saying it's not chicken shit. It is a solid point. Though. That's
1: that's such a tech fan thing to say. It is. Maybe it is. But is is he really wrong? Because I mean, you can, you can. I mean, in theory, you could say that about any program you're going to play this year, or you know, spring. But but my
0: thing, my, my thing about the the whole scenario is, why? Why don't they come down if, to Lafayette? What, what now? If, and what, we'll return to IA. What, what if we what if we weren't asking for a return trip? What if it was just a one time? Let's just play a freaking football game.
1: I think I'd be kind of upset with Brian if he didn't ask for a return. You know, I mean, that's his job, and he knows it, and he would try to do his job because he's right. good at his job. M-
0: maybe so, but if, say, say, Tech outright refused a return trip.
1: Give him the bird. We're not, They're not f- above us. No, they're not. And if well, that's how it that, went down? That, that's, that's clearly shown that it, they are not above us. If that's how it went down, if it was, with it. there was a real conversation. 100%. And, and McClellan didn't want to return the trip. I hope Brian gave him the bird. The, the proverbial bird. Brian's a classic guy. Yeah, Brian would never would so, never give the would give the bird to anybody. If that's the way it went down, I'm totally fine with it. Obviously, but it what a chi- that is such a tech thing to but say. Here, here's, and think.
0: here's the thing: tech talks about being so high and mighty and how they're so much better of a program than oh, we are. It's a joke. What does playing ULM give you? An easy ass W? That's that's it. Like a a slobber knocking. I mean, dude. Mun- the only the only reason that we have gone down to the wire with Monroe the last two years is two reasons. Number one, it's such a rivalry game between the two of us. And number two, excuse my language, we shit the bed.
1: I don't think we took the game seriously. We, exa- we didn't. We shit the bed. I hate to say it like that, but I I, I really believe some of those guys were like, would, you on, Honestly,
0: would you take it seriously?
1: I mean, outside of Cause guess Evans, what? Because guess really. what? They don't take their program seriously. I was getting ready to say the exact same thing. So you why would take, we take a game against you them seriously? You can't expect me to take their, their, their program seriously when they don't. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. So, ah, oh man, I don't know. I think that it's an easy game. But like you said, it's a, it's a game that they know they could win. I don't know how good Tech was supposed to be this year, but... They weren't all that impressive to me last year. They, I mean, they—they they were. You can tell me about your six bowl wins in a row. I could give. I—I I, I don't care.
0: Okay, I, I care. could care less if you're playing in the freaking Armed Forces Bowl. The Armed Forces Bowl against Little Sisters of the Bowl. And the Farm. Heart of Dallas Bowl and the. Who cares? The Crimea River 2.0 Bowl. I don't yeah. care,
1: right? I, I just don't. You know, at one time we won and, six and bowl here, games in a row too. Here's the other thing. They don't acknowledge that because they hate HUD. Her.
0: Here's the other thing that pisses me off. You know they, they talk about how oh you know we've killed y'all the last couple of times that we've played y'all. Do you know how much you know how much our program has turned around since you guys last played us in twenty
1: fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Now I'll give him this. They railroaded us in our building. They did, and I'm God, still mad about. They it. did. I'm still. I told. I was talking to Jerry actually, and I told him. I said, dude, Hood just lost his job. I can remember. He and lost a fan base I can remember. Night. I can remember in 2014, I was
0: sitting. Now, this was before they had closed in that hill. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting on that hill by the tunnel.
1: You're talking about the south end zone? Correct. Yeah.
0: And I can remember vividly watching Kenneth Dixon take the ball from their own one. I remember freaking out because we downed that punt at the one. I was like, this is a great start to the game. Yep. One play, handoff right up the middle, and he... Scampers, 99 yards, to the house.
1: And the air went out of the building. Oh, yeah. I left. I told Hud. I said I, I was so angry. I told Jerry. I and, said, Hud's I, fired.
0: I hate, I hate to admit that because I'm the fan that believes in you don't leave no matter what.
1: You weren't. Listen, no, there was a lot of people, older fans, that have been waiting for that game. And Hud talked to, talked to, talked to right. talk to talk to talk. Right. They stood up, too. That play and they walked out.
0: That play made me so angry, I got up and left.
1: Yeah, yeah. man, I know. Well, I'll, I'll, getting back to the point, it was going to give <laughs> – my best friend is a ULM grad. I told him, uh, I said, get me a shirt for one day and one day only. I will root for ULM. Talons up. 100%. And, uh, you know, again, McClellan just being himself probably knew it was never going to happen. Throws him a bone. It was good for the media, I guess, good for the fans. And then, nope, not going to happen. One,
0: one more topic before we go ahead and wrap up this very short special edition. Um, you know, one thing we talked about, Josh, was was draftable players. You know, guys like Elijah Mitchell, Trey Regis, even Levi Lewis. You know, if there is a season in the spring, is it worth it for them to play?
1: Not no, but hell no. Why would you? If you're on somebody's draft chart. Yeah, I mean, if you've already proven yourself, then why on why earth would you why, yeah, even, why?
0: Why waste your time?
1: You, and they're not going to. There you first of all, they're going to be you know you're not supposed to, but they have these backroom chats with these with these agents, and the agents will tell them you need to sit. Right. You are a multi million dollar investment for someone. Absolutely. Don't go and run your body ragged in the spring for what? Especially, especially the running backs. Especially the running backs. Especially they're, a guy like Trey Reagan. They're, they're they're both who's already taking hit a, a lot of hits.
0: They're both late first early second-round draft picks. Well, a guy like Trey Mitchell is going to be
1: a premium back in the draft. Yeah, for sure. You know, who I really feel bad for is a guy like Levi, who, you know, he's going to go on to have a professional career that's not going to be in football. But he deserves a season, man. The guy, you know, we and we're guilty. He had doubters. He proved them wrong. And this was going to be his culmination. This was going to be his coming-out party. He had a great season last year. But, I mean, leader of the troops, everybody rallies around Levi. He earned it. He's a good guy. He's a good player. He, this was it for him. Yep. And this is going to be taken from him. I, I just—that's hard to swallow, man. You know, I don't, just anyway. Draft eligible players. Nobody's going to play. Yeah. No. And then, you, and then when you start talking about that, you open up another Pandora's box by, well, maybe the NFL changes legislation where players just go straight to the the NFL. They don't have to play the three year allotted time in the in the NCAA. What if if it's only two? What if it's two? What if they don't have to go at all? What if they start going to these developmental leagues? mm. Hey. Yeah, I mean maybe look nobody takes the XFL seriously. But what if he becomes the NBA G League for the NFL? What if that's his angle? I mean The Rock does have that power. He's got star power and he's gonna have plenty of money at his disposal. He's gonna have investors. What if that's the route? What if, uh, you know, another, what was that weird football league that started up the The American football? Yeah.
0: The Alliance of American Football?
1: There's clearly people interested in having these outside leagues. What if they become developmental leagues? A guy like, you know, somebody highly talented out of high school doesn't want to deal with the NCAA. Three-star, four-star recruit. And their foolishness, hey, tell you what, come and learn, in our program we will pay you. And then when you're good enough in three years, NFL will pick you up in a draft. Right. You, you, there's so many possibilities. Oh, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Which which would be? I mean, look look. It's going to kill college football. I, I, I don't, don't want to say. I don't want to say that college basketball is dead.
1: Well, but it's not exactly I mean, look it's at, best look, life. Look,
0: look, look at look at these one and dones
1: it, it, In my opinion, in a long way to look at look at the game.
0: look at RJ Hampton. Perfect example. Yep. This kid was highly touted out of high school. I think he was the number five recruit in the country in high school. He signs. For, I think it. I don't remember where. What what college he had signed with. Gets redshirted, his first year, and he goes. Nah. What? No, I'm going to Australia. I'm going to play pro ball in Australia, and then I'm going to come back and be a top ten draft pick.
1: That's right. See ya. And while he did it, he made big boy money. Right. This is big. Not, this is big boy money. We're not talking twenty, thirty thousand dollars. I think he made two hundred grand. Yeah. He made big boy money. That's right. And then he's going to go get picked up in the draft and make multi-millions. You're going to open up Pandora's box, and nobody knows where it's going to go. And if, if the scenario that we're discussing plays out, college football will be hurt. I understand everybody's going to tell you, you know, you have the traditional powerhouses, you have the SEC, real football's played there. They're basically, you know, they're a farm for the combine. I understand all that stuff. Some of these guys are going to start talking about getting paid to learn on the job, and screw the NCAA.
0: Yeah, no, there's there's no question about it. Raging Review, wrapping up here, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Rage and Review, RageAndReviewPod.com, and you can email us, Rage and Review at gmail.com. Man About Town, you got anything else before we
1: send it home? AG Tough, baby, congratulations. Cancer-free. Yeah, absolutely
0: love that. Uh, Eric's, a, Eric's a proud listener of the show. We appreciate him. We appreciate his family, and... Uh, like like Josh said, congrats to uh, congrats to AG on beating cancer. All right, guys. As always, we will see you guys soon.